You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Hello, Mikeamus. Hello, Joseph. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah hey. Be- it, we're doing this on Sunday afternoon, the first day of May. Yeah. And it is beautiful outside. It is. And uh, before we go any further, I need to apologize to Uh-oh. our listeners. Uh-oh. Yeah, so last week, remember, we met on Monday? Right. Uh-huh. Guess who forgot to post that episode? You didn't. This no wonder guy, I couldn't find it. Like you tried. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, this guy right here forgot, and I apologize completely. Um, so, so are you going to post both of them this week? I am. We're going to give. We're going to give everybody exactly what they want, and that's a more double morality. dose of us. That's right, double dose. Yes. Uh, it is. You think they can take it? Well, I don't know. I hope so. I was actually going to say it's like uh, it's like your COVID shot, but not really. <laughs> Um. Anyway, um. So, with that being said, I hate to tell you, but we've got a lot going on, and we've missed some things. So, I want to try and uh, catch up if possible. Okay, let's. Will that be Heinz catch up? Uh, we could be. Okay, it could be. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to pull something else up here. So, Mr. Mike. We have coming up this week, actually tonight, as you're hearing this, uh, if you are listening, if you get the opportunity to listen to them both at the same time, um, tonight is Monday, May 2nd, and at 6.30 p.m. tonight, the um, perennial plant swap at Chesterville at the future Big Walnut uh, Joint Fire Department uh, Fire Station in Chesterville. They're having their plant swap. And that is, um, it says 6.30 p.m., the Future Fire Station. And uh, it's there. Um, also, it looks like, okay, I'm going to open this back up. Uh, looks like it said, oh, this is with our friend Carrie Jagger. Carrie Jagger, yes. So she, literally, she, she must be busy this time of year because she is everywhere. Um, it says, okay, so there's two of them. So tomorrow the one is at the Future Fire Station in Chesterville. And then on May 12th, they have another one at Moringa United Methodist Church. And it says, bring a canned good for the food bank. All right. To, to trade off there. Okay, and what was the time again? That's at 6.30 on Monday, May 2nd. Okay. With our friend Carrie Jagger. And that's going to be at the future fire station there in Chesterville. Um, then on May 13th, we have the Bi-County Birdathon uh, That takes place on May 13th through the 14th. And basically what you're going to be doing is helping them. It starts at 5 p.m. on Friday Friday the 13th. Uh, and lasting all the way through the 14th at 5 p.m. So 24 hours of birding. Marathon and Morrow, uh, Marion, not Marathon, Marion and Morrow Counties will become the hub for one of Ohio's largest avian species counts right in the midst of our neotropical warbler migration. Neotropical warbler migration. Migration. Yes. The goal of the Bi County Count Birdathon is to promote the citizen science of wildlife surveys and local green spaces, as well as to gather data on the avian spring mi- migration through Marion and Morrow counties. Teams must be assembled by May 8th, up to six individuals, and work together to identify as many species of birds as possible within a 24 hour spotted period. Teams will be 
competing to identify the most species within participating public parks and uh, reserves. Lists will be shared soon. Uh, newly added in 2022 will be uh, welcoming. Yeah, we'll be welcoming individuals whom are not a part of a team to bird from their homes and report their findings. These reports will be included in the count, but not eligible for competition and team awards. You can register your team by emailing uh, your team name and the members' names to ecocommunityconservation at gmail.com. So that's kind of cool. Just is. Sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds pretty cool. And then, Mike... Uh, here's a topic not many people like to talk about, but it is very important, and that's pre-planning your funeral. Oh, yes. That's going to be with uh, Snyder's Funeral Home, I believe. It is, and it's called Pizza and Pre-Plan mm-hmm. for free. So uh, RSVP for that, on it's on uh, no- at noon on Thursday, May 12th, and the number you're going to res- uh, RSVP to is 419-751-2341. Again, that number is 419-751-2341, and that is with Snyder Funeral Homes as they uh, will give you lunch, so a nice little, you know, some pizza there, and pre- help you pre-plan your funeral with them. Then on May 7th, which is like literally a week from today, Mike, Mothers and Others Banquet at 5560 State Route 95 in Mount Gilead. They are having a, uh, at the New Testament Missionary Baptist Church, they're having a, uh, basically a Mother's Day celebration. Uh, ladies, join us for a brunch and a time to celebrate the women in our lives, it says. So join them there if you're interested. If, you're, if your church isn't doing anything, you can do that. Then going back to our friends at Groovy Plants Ranch, Mother's Day weekend, May 6th, 7th, and 8th. It looks like it's going to be a good time. They have uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, these plants. Have you? You said you haven't been there. You need to go. I have there. not been there. Yes, I see the you pictures. Need to go. I've seen some of the videos. He's, he puts on some good videos too. Well, you know, they're nationally recognized. Yes. Um, so on June or June, May sixth, seventh, and eighth, uh, it says for a darn good time, full of live music, food trucks, hanging baskets. Potter's Saloon packed full of new planters. New plants coming out all weekend long. Awesome combination planters made of last season. Uh, made from made to last all season. Let me read that correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hanging baskets galore and tons of flowers. Extended hours. Oh, and by the way, did you know that they had to buy more property so that they could park all the people? I heard that, yes. Yeah. Um, and bonus, they have a really fun project that um, two of you can work on. It is. Uh, it says all weekend long while supplies last. We all have a succulent bar, so that sounds pretty cool. You get to pick your little succulents. And mm-hmm. Mike, I had a I had um, one of my former uh, employees give me a succulent one year for Christmas. She gave everyone. It was just I don't know about that big in in the mm-hmm. um, in the plant in the little uh, plastic planter. I planted it in a bigger pot, mm-hmm. and I carried it with me because I went to a couple different hospitals after that, and it lived for like five years. And it was huge. And then all of a sudden it just died. No reason. Just died. Do you know what kind of plant it was specifically? I or? don't know what kind of succulent but it was. Aren't, um, aren't cactus or cacti succulents? Um, I am not sure. I, I would, they are. I would venture to say yes, but I'm not sure. That is above my, um, my, my pay. Okay. <laughs> You're not um, a botanist, huh? I am not a botanist. Um, so there is a registration, or there is no registration to go to Groovy Plants Ranch, but it does cost $12 per glass, and that is to uh, 
Also, there's a limit of one per person uh, for the Mother's Day succulent there at the bar. So that's kind of cool. That's going on. And then um, they had, uh, we have Third Thursday Craft Society, and that's going to be held in Cardington. Um, starts on May 19th at 6.30 and goes till 8.30, and that's at the Cardington Lincoln Public Library. This is join the crafting fun on the third Thursday of each month at 6.30 p.m. We'll create different seasonal craft each month. Some projects will require a small class fee, but they'll let you know ahead of time just in case. And pre-registration is required. Visit public, I'm sorry, cardingtonlibrary.org and then search for third Thursday craft and uh, you'll find it there. You have anything, Mike, that you want to share? Any um, events? Let me go back here to the uh, Conservation Club. There were a couple of events. I shared them last week, but I'll share them again. Um, coming up Saturday, May 21st, the Morrow County Conservation Club is going to be holding an introduction, uh, introduction to archery at Headwaters from 9 to 12. And uh, I'm if, going I'm, to the, if I'm doing that, do you think I can shoot an apple off your head like in uh, Robin Hood? No, that wasn't Robin Hood. That was uh, William Tell. It wasn't in Robin Hood that he did that? No. Well, Robin Hood might have, too. I don't know. It like Robin Hood Men in Tights or something. <laughs> it could, you know what? It might have been. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah. Okay, we're going off on Tangerine okay, yep, sorry. here. Uh, yeah. Tangerine, listen to you. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, introductory to our introduction to archery saturday may 21st headwaters 9 to 12 get the details at the morrow county conservation uh facebook page and also monday june 20th they are having a take take a kid fishing event at kramer lake um i'm not sure where kramer lake is but someplace in morrow county that'll be from 6 p.m to 8 p.m that'll be june 20th and I think that's all I had to share today. Well, on May 17th, which is a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m., kids ages 8 to 13 can head out to uh, Chesterville for a 3D printer class. Uh, that's going to be at the Sullivan Library. And uh, it actually sounds, sounds kind of cool, to tell you the truth. Um, you do need to register, and you can find that at sullivanlibrary.org. That's S E L O V E R library.org. Or you can call 419 768 3431. One adult for up to three kids, please. So if you're going to register several kids, just remember that. Uh, and that sounds pretty cool because, you know, work on 3D printers. I really want a 3D printer. That sounds pretty cool to mess around with those. Uh, we also have the Fantastically Fabulous Unicorn Planters. Uh, event that we shared. Um, and then, uh, Mike, coming up in about a month is Susical the Musical Auditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would like to have a cast of 50, 5 zero. That would be the largest cast we've ever had. Uh, and I think that would be awesome to have that many. So, uh, Susical the Musical and show dates for that are going to be the 29th, 30th, and 31st of July. Okay. So we had to move it back a week because we ran into 4-H oh, camp. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. and it's not good to have 4-H camp and tech week the same week. <laughs> no, probably not. So we had to move it back uh, to make that happen. But uh, for that, you'll need to bring a water bottle, wear your shoes, uh, not, not flip-flops, but shoes because you'll learn a quick dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, be prepared to sing a song no longer than a minute. Um, but we want to hear your range, hear what you can do. If you're going to bring music on your phone or 
whatever. It does not and cannot have singers in it, even backup singers. We want to hear what you can do. We don't want to hear what they can do. Okay. And isn't there an event coming up on this Thursday that you're involved with? Soon. Yeah. I'll get it in just a second. Okay. Uh, Bingo for Books also is uh, May 12th on Thursday at Sullivan Library. This event is for the adults. Doors open at 10 for visiting, and bingo begins at 1030. Join us downstairs for a chance to win free books. Uh, They'll have coffee, tea, and water, and some snacks will also be served. So that looks like a good time. Bingo for Books. And then... Uh, so there's, there's an announcement, um, that, uh, you know, a lot of people do know, uh, by the way, you can find all these events that we have shared with you today and on any of our podcasts, you can find these on our Facebook page as we've shared the events, um, as we go through there. So Mike, you know, and now the world will know, because as of the time you guys are hearing this, we will have already signed, um, the paperwork, but, uh, you've heard of, we bought a zoo. Have you ever heard that show or seen that show, that movie? Uh, well, no. Okay, well, we bought a theater. Oh, yeah. And so we is? Angela and uh, Mayor Jamie Brucker. We bought the Capitol Theater and closed on it this morning. So I'm saying this morning because you guys are hearing this on Monday, and so Monday it'll be finalized. We've been working with Ben and Carol for several months um, and uh, want to basically... Uh, carry on the tradition of what they have. So I have an announcement here that I'd like to read. Okay. So, is with great excitement, uh, we announced the passing on of the legacy known as the Capitol Theater. Since 2015, Ben and Carol Holsinger have dedicated countless hours with the help of their family and friends to bring back to life the local one-screen movie theater located at 22 West High Street in downtown Mount Gilead. Over the years, the building and business has undergone many renovations to improve the experience you and your families receive while enjoying your favorite first-run movies. The next generation of caretakers includes Jamie Brucker, Joey, and Angela Powell. In 2018, the three helped to stage a live production of The Diary of Anne Frank. I'm sorry, that was 2019, not 2018. I can't read. Um, And we fell in love with the theater space. We jokingly talked about how cool it would be to own the theater one day. So I, Joey was talking to Carol, uh, and we continued the conversation on and off. And then in 2022, we sat down, the five of us, and started talking about the actual purchase of the theater and uh, the conversation of a transition. Now, it is our goal as the new caretakers to continue the tradition of running first-run movies, and that means as soon as they come out, they're here. There's no break in between the time they come out nationally and the time we get them. Um, And we want to continue that in the community. We will also we also hope to increase opportunities for live entertainment either during the week or on weekends when new movies are not available. Some ideas we are looking around are looking to provide uh, include comedy nights, guest lecture series, and live music. We also hope to continue to renovate the building and restore many of the original features of the building, just as the previous owners have done. The second floor is set up for apartments and will undergo upgrades to be energy efficient. The third floor is the Knights of Epithians original meeting space and will be available for, t- for photographers to use as well as potential for hall rentals. Uh, the hall rentals is, is further in the future, but photographers, if you're listening and uh, or family members, we do and will have a contact for those um, photographers um, 
to take pictures up there. There's been several pictures taken up there. It's really cool. Uh, still 1894, original woodwork, original tin ceiling, uh, original wood floors. It's it's gorgeous up there. Absolutely love the space. Um, so on May 5th, this is what you were alluding to, at 6 p.m., we are excited to partner with the Morrow County Chamber of Commerce to perform a ribbon cutting as we begin our new journey as the owners and operators of the Capitol Theater. We hope you'll join us in not only celebrating our future endeavors, but also getting a chance to wish Ben and Carol well wishes as they get to step away and enjoy their time with their family. We look forward to serving our community and providing an affordable place for families to be entertained. Your new management team, Angela, Joey, and Jamie. Now, Ben, uh, Ben, I sorry, I just saw Ben on there. Um, I'm Mike, Mike. I'm Mike. Yeah, you're yes. Mike. So nice to meet you. Movies at the movie theater, first run movies. If I go to Mansfield to Ontario mm-hmm. and I want to go and see a movie, how much do you think that movie that movie costs just for the ticket? Isn't it like fourteen or fifteen bucks? Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah. For two people, it's probably going to be at least $25, $30. Okay. Okay, for two people. At Mount Gilead, at the Capitol Theater Mount Gilead, mm-hmm. $4 if you come after 6 p.m., $3 per person Wow. if you go before 5 p.m. Okay, and what's the capacity in there? It's 184. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We know that there is, uh, the building's old. I mean, the original part of the building was 1894, and the theater was about an 18, or I'm sorry, 1920 to 21 construction, Mm -hmm. Um, and it needs some TLC, and that's what we're going to do. And the only way that we can make that happen is with folks coming in and watching movies um, and helping us with, you know, purchasing snacks and, you know, coming in and watching the movie. Um, it's going to be a labor of love for us because that is a beautiful building, and we just we have to rehab it. We can't mm-hmm. let that thing go. Sure. Um, you know, I got to tell you, Mike, there is not a lot of money in the movie business. Not on this end. Maybe out in California. Oh, sure. But definitely not here on this end. Mm-hmm. Um, ticket prices, we set those low because um, up to 90% of the ticket sales could go back to California uh, when they take their shares of the ticket sales. We don't want we don't want to give them any more money than we have to really you know um we want the money to stay local um so you know go to the end zone go to uh la cabanita go to there's a new restaurant going in at the uh, patriot in cardington yes i heard that um you know go there have dinner come and see us at the movie theater literally you're going to get out probably $40 or more cheaper than if you went to Ontario or Columbus or Marion or something like that. So, you know, stay local, come see us. Um, we're going to try to uh, do some fun things, but Mike, if you're not uh, busy, come up and uh, hang out with us on Thursday, the 6th. And, uh, we're going to be uh, closing the doors on Monday on the 2nd and we're going to reopen just before on Thursday the 5th um, because we're going to do some upgrades this week. Okay. So we've got some surprises that we want to, we're, we're putting in a lot of labor this week uh, so that we can get some things done so that, you know, we want people to see we're serious about making this happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're super excited to see all the people, hopefully, that want to come and wish us well and wish Ben and Carol. And uh, there is a surprise. There, there will is. be there will be a surprise that'll be announced 
um, at the ribbon cutting. So join us. That is going to be at 6 p.m. on Thursday the 5th at the movie theater. And, uh, Mike, I think that is all I've got. You got anything else? Uh, That's all I have for now. All right. So I think we probably need to flash back, right? It is about time to flash back. All right. Mike, hold on. Here we go. All right. All right, Mike. Are you unstable? That whole process, I don't know. I'm I'm a little unstable at the moment. Well, you were unstable before, but how's your footing? Oh, okay. I see how it is. (laughs) Well, today we're going to go back to Fulton. Um, Okay. We're going to talk about the Fulton Hotel and an event that happened there. I know about neither. Where was the Fulton Hotel? Fulton. Really? Well, uh, let me read this article, and uh, maybe we'll see the uh, where exactly it was, because you know what? I can't tell you. And this is an article written by uh, Sandra Lanham, and it was in the uh, Threads of Time that was put out in 1989 by the Mara County Sentinel. Oh, Sandy Lanham. Lanham, yeah. I think I, I think I actually like know her. Do you? I think so. Or okay. I love her, yes. Okay. Well, she wrote this article about the uh, Fulton Hotel, which was built in 1891. Okay. In about 1888 or 1889, Fulton was a thriving little town of about 300 people. The limestone quarry was going very well, supplying stone for sidewalks, curbs, foundations, lintels for large brick buildings, and stone boundary markers, which also served as fence anchors. Stone was cut at the quarry by large steam-powered saws, and was shipped by railroad all over the area. This was a time when many municipal buildings, such as town halls, courthouses, and schoolhouses, were being built, so the stone was in high demand. Some of the quarry workers were local men who owned homes in the area, but others were single men, no doubt, but that some of these fellows boarded in uh boarded in private homes, but others had no permanent place to stay. (coughs) Excuse me. A businessman of the community, Alpheus L. Pipes, decided that a hotel to accommodate these workers and the drummers, the salesmen, who passed through might be a uh, money-making enterprise. With this in mind, work was begun in 1890 on Hotel Fulton. It was a rather plain but roomy clapboard building with a porch the length of the north face graced with post and decorative uh, brackets inside was an uh, inside was an office with glass cases from which cigars were sold. There was a lobby, dining room, parlor, kitchen, family bedroom, and pantry downstairs and a large open staircase with a decorative walnut newel post and balusters and an oak handrail leading to the second floor. At the back was another enclosed staircase leading to the back of the hotel. Upstairs were two large front rooms, which were meant to be shared, and four smaller rooms, which were doubles or singles. There was no bathroom, but an outhouse, as was normal for the times. In the lobby were several cast-iron spittoons with enamel linings, as this was a time when many men chewed plug tobacco. Directly behind the hotel was a large barn, which housed at least two buggies and several horses. In the accompanying picture, well, okay, you can't see the picture, but uh, the article that I have has a picture. 
Part of the barn is visible with circus posters advertising a traveling circus still pasted to the doors. Another common practice of the day was this pasting of the posters wherever. The hotel rented out buggies and horses to those waiting to tra- uh, wanting to travel farther than they wished to go by Shanks Mayor, a way of saying they would uh, rather ride than walk. <clears throat> the, fo- the Hotel Fulton was completed in 1891, but there was no way of determining why Pipes did not want to run it himself. Instead, after about a year, it was turned over to Alonso Lorenzo Gano and his wife Lillian. Perhaps the hotel business was harder than he first thought. At any rate, a deal was struck, and Pipes went on to open a hardware business that went well, and 14 years later, he expanded into groceries, dry goods, and notions. Pipes went on went on a few years later to build a lovely Victorian-style home across from his place of business. Getting back to the Hotel Fulton, we find Mr. and Mrs. Gano running the hotel and livery business and apparently doing well. Old newspapers tell us that Ren Gano was a uh, drinker and wife-beater, that his boy and girl often witnessed his choking and hitting their mother in those times. It was frowned on but considered the uh, business of the involved parties. One evening, Wren went to a dance in Westfield and came home quite drunk, having stopped at the distillery in Ashley and picked up a jug. His wife was not downstairs in their bedroom when he arrived, so he went upstairs to find her. She was in bed with the door locked, which infuriated him, perhaps because he thought she was not alone. He broke the door down, and through there was, uh, and though there was no one with her, he tried to choke her. She broke away and ran downstairs. He followed, going into the office where a shotgun was kept. A boarder that had gone uh, to the dance with Wren tried to talk him out of it, but before anyone could act, Wren shot his wife in the left side of her chest. <clears throat> Someone immediately started to Mount Gilead for the sheriff, who arrived uh, around 4 a.m. In the meantime, the doctor was called but could do nothing to save the unfortunate woman who died about 9.30 that morning. Ren Gano was arrested and taken to the Mount Gilead Jail. He was arraigned and held in jail. In November of that year, he and two other prisoners escaped from jail but were soon recaptured. His trial was held on March of 1892. The facts were presented and many witnesses were called to testify as to his character, some of them quite nastily. His family, which was, uh, of, uh, which was of founding pioneer background and quite well respected in the community, came every day and brought his children. The jury deliberated three days and brought in a, a guilty uh, brought in a guilty verdict. He was visibly shaken. The next day was to be the pronouncement of sentence. When court convened in the morning, the prisoner was late, so the judge sent to see what the delay was. Word was sent back that the prisoner was near death. He soon expired, so the sentence of hanging was never pronounced, thereby saving his family the shame of having a convicted killer among their kin. His sister 
had brought him a bouquet of flowers at the jail the night before. It was assumed that the note scrawled on brown paper with instructions and the small bottle with the lethal dose were concealed in the flowers, though it was never proved. Hmm. Never heard that story before. Uh, no, not at all. I wasn't sure where you were going at first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, an interesting story for Fulton. Uh, I don't. Th- well, the building is still standing. Um, it was divided into two parts. Uh, one part is on um, East Main Street. That's the front. What was the front section? And the rear section is at the northwest corner of Depot and Main Street. So the hotel is just is still there, but it's been put into two pieces and moved to different parts of Fulton. Oh, okay, okay. Huh. Well, then uh, you also had another story that you were going to share today. Well, yes, I do. So, uh, do you want to introduce it? Well, sir, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, my grandpa, um, Johnny Robinson, uh, was in the Civilian Conservation Corps, also known as the CCC. And this past week, I received his uniform that he wore while he was in the CCC. Uh, he served in the CCC 1934 and 35. He was at a camp in Tiptonville, Tennessee, which was called Real Foot. Uh, it was number 1453. The CCC was set up by President Roosevelt to put men back to work who were unemployed due to the Great Depression. These men made $30 per month and were required to send $25 back to their family. Uh, originally, the CCC was open to young men 18 to 25 years of age. That was later changed to 17 to 28 years of age. The CCC was part of the New Deal and provided manual labor jobs that related to the conservation and development of natural resources in rural lands owned by federal, state, and local governments. In its nine years of operation, three million men took part in the CCC, which provided them with shelter, clothing, and food. Yep, and the CCC made valuable contributions to the forest management, flood control, conservation projects, and the development of state and national uh, parks, forests, and historical sites. Um, They got all kinds of benefits out of this, the small paycheck that you had mentioned, dignity of honest work, and education and training. Three CC companies operated in North Dakota in the North Dakota Badlands from 1934 to 1941, contributing to the projects today that visitors can still appreciate. Um... It was I. This was just something I looked up since you and I started talking mm-hmm. about this uh, right before the episode started. Um, so it says here that the CCC was open to unemployed men ages seventeen to twenty three and a half who were U.S. citizens enrolled serviced six months term uh, enrollees served six month terms and were allowed to re enroll at the each of in term to in term. Oh, at the end of each term, up to the maximum of two years, which is why. He only had, uh, what, 33, 34, or 34, 35? Uh, 30, 33, 34, 34, 35, yes. So that's why he, he maxed out um, the opportunity there. Um, salary was $30. Um, they usually spent about 5 to $8 of their monthly salary on toiletries, postage, haircuts, and the occasional entertainment. Um a few of the enroll- enrollees promoted to assistant leader and leader positions earned a bit more at thirty six dollars or forty five dollars per month, respectively. That's that kind of that seems um, wow. I can't imagine that. I guess you know, growing up now, you're like wow, 
that's that's an hourly wage for some people. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that was their monthly wage at that time. That that just um it was part of um the E the Emergency Relief Administration uh and the Works Progress Administration from Roosevelt's time. Uh and um so yeah, pretty interesting. And there were some and I can't put my finger on it right now, but there were some camps here in Ohio as well. Um yeah, and I won't say where you think um that they might have been, but maybe we can find out and share that at some point. We can do that. Um all right. Well, are we ready to flashback? Uh sure. I I'm gonna hold on real tight and put on my seatbelt. All right. Keep your arms and legs inside of the ride until it comes to a complete end. Thank you for riding Morology Podcast. <laughs> All right, Mike, we're back. We are back where we want to be in the current time, right? Yes, we're back to, uh, what is our current? Oh, yes, it's uh, 2022, yes. Um, I just found uh, something I'll share with you afterwards okay. about the CCC. But, um, so, Mike, we um, we are at the first week here of May already. I can't believe it. We are almost through halfway through 2022. Yes, we are already. Yes. I Unbelievable, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So, what uh what else Mike, you got anything else that we need to share? Uh, I, I, yes, did you hear about the boomerang I found? Yes, I did, but why don't you tell everybody about that? <laughs> well, uh I found a boomerang but but I forgot how to throw it. But then if I, it suddenly came back to me. Wow. <laughs> a little slow on the draw there, Joe. I, I... <laughs> and did you hear did you hear about the uh, b- book that I was writing on undershirts? It's doing very well. I get paid in royal tees. Okay. <laughs> At least the crickets enjoyed it. I'm not sure that they enjoyed it per se. Um, wow, Mike, that was that was a little that was a little rough there, sir. Those two those two were rough. I I just don't know what to say about that. That I feel bad that our listeners heard that, Mike. You're holding in your laughter. I know you are. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Okay, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Um. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even, I was going to pull up a puns website and start reading a couple. I'm not even going to do it. Just can't beat me, can you? Um, Sure I can with uh, a belt from across the room. Anyway, I think that's it, Mike. Uh, if you don't have anything else. I think I'm done. All right, folks. Uh, another week of Marology Podcast is in the books. Um, do us a favor. Share our webpage. But before, not our webpage, our Facebook page, before we go... How about a word from Freedom Fest? Join us for Freedom Fest Ohio, July 1st and 2nd, 2022 at the Morrow County Fairgrounds. Brought to you by Finley Entertainment. Celebrate freedom with the Nate Williams Band, Austin French, and headliner Crowder on July 1st, Friday night, starting at 6.30 p.m. Then on Saturday, July 2nd, join Scott Stevens, Heath Sanders, Rodney Atkins, and headliner Justin Moore. Tickets are on sale now. Visit FreedomFestOhio.com. 
All right, Mike. So as we get ready to uh, rock and roll out of here for another week. All right. Please take care, folks. And please remember to load this this time. Yes, I will. Stay safe. <laughs>